the exclusive stories behind music that helped shape and change pop culture. With award-winning broadcaster and best-selling author Jesse Dillon and co-host, award-winning music and media producer Spencer Proffer, you are inside the music. This is Jesse Dillon, your coast-to-coast and worldwide, and you are deep inside today. My co-host, as always, is Spencer Proffer. You know, when Spencer and I first sat down five years ago and envisioned inside the music, we had no idea how big it would become and the distribution that's lining up. And Spencer, I haven't even told you the good news today, uh, but I'll get to that. But, you know, there's never been a better time to get inside these various lanes. And one of the things that we decided to do when we set up inside the music was go down a number of lanes, theater, film, television, uh, cross cross multi-platforms, digital platforms. And the new normal, of course, is content from home. And today, Corey, Russell, Spencer, and Jesse are all in their homes. Corey Brunish is our guest. He is a singer, actor, director, writer, and multiple Tony winning uh, award-winning producer, three-time Tony Award winner with 10 nominations over the last eight seasons. Corey, what an underachiever. Uh, I don't know how you got on the show today, but we're going to take you anyway. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for doing this. It's such a such a, um, a great honor having you here. So, Spencer, let's talk a little bit about, just before we get into Corey, and Corey, I'm going to have you introduce Russell in half a minute. Let's talk about theater and how important music and the intersection of theater are, Spencer. Well, clearly, Jesse. Musical theater is kind of something older than all of us times hundreds, back to Gilbert O'Sullivan and beyond. And how music permeates the stage is something timeless today, tomorrow, no matter if you have issues like we have today, music will always decorate visual and storytelling. And when I met Corey Brunish and Russell Miller a couple of years ago, I thought they were the coolest, hippest, most talented people that deal with how you integrate visual to audio into the new millennium. And Corey having been not only, not only is he consistently a musician, but from his abilities to produce soundtracks from the stage to actually be a producer amongst many other top AAA people on great projects that have musical components, be it the Carol King show, be it Come From Away, be it Company, be it Pippin. He really knows his way around. Russell knows the theater better from a venue standpoint and what really works for audiences than anybody I've met in my career. And so I've double teamed with them to build media, taking some of the documentaries I'm producing and morphing them into the stage so that we actually integrate all elements. So I think that having them on inside the music and getting their perspective, Corey and Russell, is about the strongest thing we could do, Jesse, for your franchise, for our franchise. So with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Corey and to Russell and to you. Corey, I know that you're sitting next to the lake, Lake Oswego in Oregon. Gorgeous spot. I've got some friends that live there. Uh, so she's social distancing with your, short, <laughs> with your Chardonnay this evening. And you come across one of my buddies, please say hi. Um, let's introduce Russell, Corey, if you would do the honors for us. Well, my friend from across the pond, he's, uh, he's actually coordinated Olympic venues, handling something like 12 million people. But he's, theater is in his blood. He's, he's been at it his whole life, as were his parents. And f- far beyond just a venue uh, manager, 
he is a, a creative force and he's an idea man and and he's a nice fella too and handsome oh my gosh I, I feel like I want to date him at this moment but I, I'm really <laughs> hey hey um, hey Spencer's got dibs <laughs> but anyway Russell is stuck here now because you can't leave the country so Russell Miller welcome that's very kind. I'm not sure that I can live up to any of that, but but I'll take it, Corey. Thank you. <laughs> Russell, a great, great uh, pleasure here. and honor to have you on the show today. You, you know, Thanks, uh, as, as Corey was saying, you've got such an amazing and I might add eclectic background from theater, the West End. Saw a couple of plays in uh, in London last summer, uh, Book of Mormon great. and Motown. Uh, Wonderful. Speaking of the West End, but... Weirdly enough, as Corey was mentioning, you were general manager for the London 2012 Olympic Games, something we should probably talk about a little later on. And, you know, just as we're getting started today, um, I read an article this morning up early before I came into the studio, social distancing, of course, about how um, how theater in London, they're doing some, you know, virtual concerts right now. Uh, with the National Theatre and and Helen Mirren and others are uh, broadcasting live and showcasing some archive stuff. Have you guys caught caught up on any of that? It's great. It's just yeah, great. I mean, there's 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 loads of stuff getting promoted, which is fantastic, and I think it's definitely you know keeping everybody functioning at the moment um, in this world and and you know internally and externally of those that are theatre lovers and, and theatre professionals. So it's an important time, and it's great to see everybody banding together because everybody needs it right now. Indeed. So, I mean, part of the real reason that we're all gathered here today is to sit in this intersection. You know, I read a great book once from a Harvard uh, PhD, Dr. Franz Johansson. It was called the Medici effect, or depending on what part of Italy you're from, the Medici, Medici the Medici, how do you say that? Medicia effect. Uh, the family that created the Renaissance back in the 1700s. They got, you know, plumbers and artists and all kinds of people together and created this incredible renaissance. Well, we're sitting in this intersection today where content is changing in front of our eyes like never before. Theater, music, music and games, gaming the biggest, you know, entertainment source at home. More people are gaming than ever before. All of this content blending into one and there's virtually no out of home tuning in anymore. Everybody's listening at home. So how does music play a role in this, Spencer, as we blend this all into theater in this intersection? Well, music decorates our lives. And no matter what you see, it's what you feel. And I think that it punctuates its storytelling in and of the lyrics, in and of the spirit of it. Corey Russell and I are teaming up with one of the most illustrious composers of the stage, not at liberty to tell you who yet, but when we get those papers signed, we can do it inside the music with him. But needless to say, Academy Awards, Tonys, etc., because of the way he was influenced by pop music and how it permeated into his billion dollar Broadway shows. So I think that music will always be a thread. Whether you see it, you'll always feel it. Yeah, true. They say you feel music in every cell of your body. And they also say that we love music not because of the way it sounds, but because of the way it makes us feel. Hence, musical theater is such a powerful influence on us viscerally. And they did a study in London not long ago where they put heart monitors on the audience and the heartbeats of the audience actually synchronize while watching theater. 
Um, here's a quote from Joel Gray. To non-theater lovers lamenting the closing of Broadway in the face of so much widespread suffering may seem at best frivolous. But for many of us, the tragedy has been made that much more devastating by having to face the nightmare without the laughter, tears, and sense of community that a night in the theater delivers. Wow. You know, that's so interesting. I got a phone call earlier this morning from some friends of mine in Toronto that are putting on a benefit concert uh, and music therapy is part of the beneficiary charity. I won't mention the name just yet because it's kind of hush-hush NDA, but it's coming up. Spencer, I'm going to ask you to be my co-host when that comes around. It'll be live. It'll be really interesting. And there's some really, really big people putting this on, some really big broadcast entities. But they were telling me about music therapy. So weird, Corey, that you brought it up. Just this morning, you know, they're talking about the huge issues with mental health, with everyone sequestered at home, um, and they want to... They want to do a benefit concert and ask me if I would be the master of ceremony. Spencer doesn't know it, but I'm going to bring him kicking and dragging into this with me. But music, <laughs> music therapy. Only it, with Corey and Russell's permission. Sorry. <laughs> Corey and Russell. Yeah. So, yeah, we should all do it. But, I mean, I just realized that you guys should absolutely be guests because I'm sure that you know a lot more about music therapy than I do and how important it is for soothing the soul and the mind. Well, speaking of music therapy, I sang to my daughter for six months in the womb, and she's eight months old now, and whenever she gets fussy and we can't figure it out, it's not food, it's not diaper, it's not sleep, I sing to her, and she immediately, without fail, will calm down. It's an amazing thing to watch. You know, it's so funny that you say that. Again, this is like the the show of serendipity. I was told by my mother and father that my mother sang to me in the womb. Of course, it was ACDC Highway to Hell, (laughs) which fucked me up beyond reproach. But for Christ's sake, save yourselves while there's still time. (laughs) So we're not really endorsing this across the board is what we're saying. Russell, I thought I told you to shut your trap. Um, (laughs) No, we're not. Uh, We're not supposed to have any fun this morning, are we? (laughs) Hey, listen, while we're on the subject of... We need some, we need some. I I feel a song coming on, Singing in the Womb. I feel like this may have been done before. (laughs) Inside the Music is now Singing in the Womb. Let's go through the top five Singing in the Womb songs. We'll start with Spencer. What do you wish your parents would have sung to you while you were in the womb? Singing in the rain, baby, because that's quintessential. It's, uh, but you know what? It is funny because my firstborn son, Sterling, um, came out kicking and screaming. And three days before he came out, I went to an Elton John concert, uh, who's one of my favorite artists of all time. And I think that Sterling grew up playing the piano at the age of seven. So maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> we could write a musical on this. I think it'd be really good. You know, predicting reverse engineering what songs we think and the listeners and viewers think somebody like president Trump was sung to when he was in the womb. When Trump comes up, I think of that song by Marianne faithful that we can't say on the radio. Why'd you do it? Why'd you spit on my snatch? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. Oh, I know you're going to edit this out when it oh, goes. You, you know I'm not. 
Yeah, don't listen to you him. Know, that's that's Dr. Stress, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't know what he's talking house. about. Go ahead, Spencer. I just don't want you to have a bomb in your house or because Trudeau has got an issue or Canada's got an issue in America. I don't want that to boomerang on you. Dude, I live in Canada. There's, you know, a rabid beaver, a, a wayward salmon, um, an, a, you know, a grizzly bear that's lost his way. That's all I'm going to find in my home and fresh water and I have nice beer, you know. I, I mean, we've, we, that's all we've got up here. Russell and Corey, what a treat having you on today. Um, Corey, you're a singer as well. Yeah. What are some of your influences in music? Well, I love, uh, I love Sinatra a lot and the Beatles. I love to cover those tunes. Broadway Records, by the way. My solo CD is called Throwback Thursday. But um, I love to sing to my daughter uh, show tunes, and, uh, and she particularly likes... Uh, um, they were you from the Fantastics. When the moon was young, when the month was May, hmm. and uh, I also sing to her that that classic uh, Bob Dylan tune. When the rain is blowing in your face, uh, to make you feel my love. Oh wow! Uh, recently done by Adele, but I didn't steal from Adele. I, I stole it from Bob Dylan. <laughs> Maybe we should play an Adele. Should we play a song, Spencer? Let's do it. Let's act, yeah, we can do that. But what I would love you to do, Jesse, is talk to Corey and Russell about how music really decorates and permeates their careers and their positioning in the theater. Some of the projects that Corey has been next to as a producer, which I think have changed the course of pop culture on the stage in a modern day way, be it Carol King show, be it Color Purple, be it a company, be it Come From Away, these are all magnificent shows that my friend, Mr. Corey here has had a hand in. And I think that that would be really apropos and talk to Russell about some of the shows that he not only quarterbacked the venue uh, proliferation, both on the West End and now his plans to do it going forward. I think that's gonna be a fantastic focus to having these guys on your show, Jesse. Corey and Russell, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Corey, let's start with you in music. Carol King. Um, where did the inspiration come from? It's one of the longest running musicals in Broadway history. I also want to do a little Canadiana with you later. We're coast to coast in Canada and around the world. Uh, but let's go Carol King. How did that come about? What was the spark, et cetera? Well, a couple of very clever men out of uh, Missouri um, decided to get her life rights and uh, hired a writer to, to craft a script of her, her life. And then it was simply a matter of of following the chronology of her, her uh, career and creating these amazing tunes. She had 108 charted tunes in her career. She started at the age of 15. She went alone to Manhattan and presented a song and the rest, as they say, is history. And the amazing, she's second only to Whitney Houston in um, top selling female artists of all time. Yeah. And of course, tragically, Whitney is no longer with us. Carol King, on the other hand, is still performing to this day. So that was a really a gift that show. And and when I saw the very first workshop, I turned to my wife and I said, "I think I was born to help bring this musical to the world." And in fact, um, we were able to bring it to the world, and uh, along with the entire producing team. And and it's just it's just a show that makes you feel really great about an artist's ability to succeed even in the face of adversity and and she's just touched so many people with her music and it, it's it's timeless well if you look at the billboard charts 
there's two acts that I know that have been on the charts longer than any other album at the top. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, and Tapestry by Carole King. And yeah. it's no surprise, one of the longest-running musicals in Broadway history. Let's do a Carole King tune, and you get to pick it, Corey. Oh, yay. Um, how about um, Natural Woman? Ooh, baby. This is Jesse Dillon, and this is Carole King. You are deep inside today, inside the music.